Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mongolian Adventures podcast, a place for stories about Mongolia for adventurous kids. Get comfortable, snuggle in, and let's begin. Let's begin. It was the morning after Minjin had climbed to the top of the white stupa in the Gobi Desert. She could still feel the adrenaline of that moment flying through her body. She wondered if she would ever stop feeling like she had made it to the top of the world. The feeling of the rock and the rope sliding through her paws was ones she didn't think she would ever forget. She would think about the intensity of relief she felt when she had reached the top for a long time to come. But for now, she was watching the sunrise over the Gobi Desert, her small microbus of mice bumping its way towards a horizon she couldn't see. Hours later, the microbus dropped her off at a gear, where she shook off the dust and dirt from her paws and went to knock on the orange wooden door. Before her paw could hit the wooden frame, the door flew open and Minjin fell forward, tumbling over and landing headfirst in the gear. <gasps> Are you okay? A mouse scrambled over to help her up, apologizing profusely as she helped Minjin up. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were there. I was waiting for you and I was coming out to see if you were here because I heard the noise from the bus and then we managed to bump into each other instead of greeting each other. Her voice trailed off, the panic subsiding a bit. No worries, Minjin replied, straightening her dress as she finished standing up. I'm Minjin and I'm here based on the recommendation of the mice who are part of the community at the White Stupa over across the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I'm Hutolthan, and this is my family's gear. She swept her arm behind her, letting Minjin take in the small but spacious circular living space. It was much like the other gears Minjin had stayed in, except this one was very clearly a family's home and not just a camp for visitors and tourists. There was a small hand sink to the left with a container of water placed on top so you could hold the button in and water would pour out into the basin. Next to that was a chest of drawers and storage, a couch and TV, a bed, a kitchen area with a fridge, and in the middle, the stove with the pipe reaching out over the top of the gear. Hutothan reached over for her shoes and slipped them on her feet. Before you get comfy, Let's go see the cliffs. The sun is about to go down and that's the best time to see them from here. She grabbed Minjin's bag from her and placed it on the bed, leading her back out of the gear and into the cool August night. The sun was fading in the distance, the light streaking against the dark ground. Shrubby green bushes stuck out throughout the dry land and into the distance. Here, let's go this way, Hotothan said showing Minjin around a few corners of rock formations and leading her across the hard dirt. They turned a corner and there in front of them lay Bayanzak, also called the Flaming Cliffs. Whoa, whispered Minjin, stuck there, frozen where she stood. I know, Hotothan said. It's incredible, isn't it? The cliffs formed a scraggly formation in the land rising up and around from the dirt, towers of rock scooped out from the flat land that lay around them. The setting sun hit them and turned 
into a brilliant red, the color of fire, and adding majestic depth and power to their presence. Hotothan plunked herself down on the dirt and motioned for Minjin to follow her. Sit down, she said. We can sit here a while and watch the sunset. The colors put on quite the show. They sat in silence and watched the show, which it very much was of colors and light hitting the cliffs and bringing them into the darkness of evening in the Gobi Desert. How did you end up here? Hotothan asked her, turning towards her as the final light began to fade, putting the sun to sleep for the day. What a good question, Minjin said, smiling at Hotothan. She prepared herself to give the speech she'd become quite good at these days reciting her background and the history of where she'd been so far on her home search. But before she could begin, Hotothan interrupted her again. And you don't have to tell me where you're from, where you've been, so on and so forth, if you don't want to. I'm just curious what made you come to Bayanzak next? What made you want to be here out of all of the places? Why this place? Minjin paused and reorganized her thoughts mentally swiping away her predetermined speech about being a mouse from UB, a shoebox in Narantol, her home. She tried to think, to quiet her heart and her mind as she looked at the flaming cliffs and pondered her place in this big, wide world. I ended up here because I wanted to see this place where dinosaurs walked, to imagine the history in its actual place and I guess I wanted to keep wandering, to not commit myself to one place or job or home just yet. Hotothan didn't say anything, just kept looking at the cliffs, her body comfortable and relaxed. I'm not ready to decide, Minjin said quietly. At that, Hotothan turned to her, a smile on her face, her words kind. You don't have to. They went back to the gear, where Hotothan's parents were now making dinner and anxious to talk to Minjin about where she had grown up and what she had seen in the Gobi so far. They passed a wonderful evening together, eating fried cheese horsher and laughing about the mishaps and adventures Minjin had experienced so far. Before she knew it, she was tucked into a soft bundle of blankets on the floor of the gear. The family burrowed in around her, and the fire burning softly in the stove. It was cozy and safe and warm. She drifted to sleep without a second thought. The morning started early, with Hotothan waking her up so they could hurry and get dressed and see the herds being set off for their morning food and water. Like some other families who live in the countryside, we travel and live near a human family. This helps make sure we can find the food we need, Hotothan explained. We become friendly with their animals and learn the rhythms and ways of how and where they travel. Minjin rubbed her hands together and looked at the herd of goats in front of them. It was August, but still chilly in the early morning. The wind whipped around them as they watched, causing her to draw her coat even closer to herself. Does it get even colder in the winter? Minjin asked, thinking about the deserts she had learned about in school. Deserts were supposed to be hot and dry, right? Oh, yes, it does, said Hotothan, shivering just thinking about it. The Gobi Desert is one of extreme temperatures. 
it can get really, really hot here, but it also gets very, very cold. Usually it's hot in the summer and cold in the winter, but also the weather can change super quickly here. One morning might be hot and then by afternoon it's cold again and we're pulling out our boots. After the herds were watered and had settled to wander for grass and food, Hotolten and Minjin packed their bags with water and snacks and began the long flat hike to the bottom of the flaming cliffs. Hotolten pointed out the green and brown shrubby plants sticking out from the ground as they went. These are the Bayanzak, she explained. That's why the area is also called that. We call it Bayanzak or the flaming cliffs which is what the explorers called it because of how the cliffs look like they're on fire when the sun goes down, like we saw last night. The shrubs led them towards the base of the cliffs, where Minjin was stunned once again by the sheer height and size of the rock formations. Hotothan placed a blanket down in the shade and plopped down, rolling over to rest as Minjin stared up at the flaming cliffs. Is it weird living somewhere that's so historical? Minjin asked her joining her on the blanket. I mean, people come from all over the world to see this place. She shrugged. Not really. I've lived here forever, and we move around a bit when the humans move or the herds need new grass. I think it's cool to live here and get to see the places that are in other people's history books. It is cool, Minjin agreed. So tell me all about it. I want to know it all. The girls spent the next two hours talking about the history of Bainzach and all of the people that had come here before, during its magnificent history. Minjin learned all about Roy Chapman Andrews, an American paleontologist who had come to this area on an expedition in the 1920s. I'm sorry, he was a what? Minjin interrupted. A paleontola what? A paleontologist, Dolan repeated patiently. That means someone who studies the past by looking at fossils and bones that are found in places around the world. Usually that means dinosaurs or other animals that lived millions of years ago. Ah, okay, got it, Minjin said. Hutothan continued. Now many people know and understand that Mongolia has many amazing dinosaur fossils, but in the 1920s, scientists and researchers were still trying to discover fossils and figure out where dinosaurs had lived and what kind of dinosaurs they were. Andrews and his team came into the Gobi Desert on an exploration for the museum he worked for in the US. Wow, Minjin said, it must have taken them forever to come to Mongolia that long ago. They couldn't come in an airplane. Dothan nodded. Yes, I'm sure it took them months by boat and train and all sorts of different ways. Anyway, they eventually made it here to Bayanzakh where they found something very important to their work. What was it? Minjin asked impatiently. Dinosaur eggs. Whoa, real dinosaur eggs? Yes, Hutothan said, nodding her head. Real fossilized dinosaur eggs. This was amazing for two reasons. One, it was the first time scientists had found real dinosaur eggs. And two, this proved that dinosaurs had their babies in eggs, and that's how Bayanzak became famous. So cool, Minjin agreed, looking back up at the cliffs 
and imagining the fossils and history that were below them in the dirt and soil, millions of years old. People have come from all over to visit Bainzak, to look for dinosaur fossils and to learn about what people have found here. But it hasn't all been good. Sometimes people stole fossils or took things they weren't supposed to without asking the Mongolian government and getting permission. So over the last few years, there have been a lot of talks about how that wasn't fair and what can be done. Why do people want to steal dinosaur bones, Minjin asked. Well, they can be worth a lot of money if you sell them to museums or other scientific collectors, Hotofen said. But why are they worth a lot of money? Because they are things we can hold and look at and learn from that teach us about the past from millions of years ago. Things like that are so rare and so unusual. They are precious, an important part of Mongolia's history. When we look at dinosaur fossils, we learn about the past, but we can also start to think about what it means for our future. And with ideas of dinosaurs and fossils dancing in her mind, the girls finished their conversation, packed up their blanket, and walked back to Hotofen's gear. On the way, they came across a herd of camels who greeted Hutothen with solemn quietness. Hello, Hutothen, brayed the tallest one, bending his head to her, his knees buckling underneath his curved backside. Hiya, Jack, said Hutothen. Where are you guys off to now? We're off to the watering hole, and then we're going on a trek tomorrow. The Dawadorches are moving camp. We've got to carry their gear and all of their stuff. It's going to be a long one. He eyed the sky and the stars that were starting to peek through the night sky. Who's your friend, he asked, his tone slow and even. This is Minjin. She's visiting from Ulaanbaatar. Greetings, Minjin. Where will you journey next? Jake asked. Minjin considered his question as she nodded her head in hello to this lovely and gangly creature. She had always thought camels were strangely beautiful. I'm not sure, really. I've been on a bit of a tour of the Gobi Desert. I guess I need to figure out where I'll go next, she answered thoughtfully. Hototham bounced in the dirt next to her, causing a cloud of dust to rise in the dusk night air. You should go with him, she said excitedly. Jake is the best tour guide I know, and he'll make sure you don't get lost. Plus, who doesn't want to say that they did a camel trek through the Gobi Desert? That would be epic. Oh, I don't want to intrude, Minjin said embarrassed but intrigued. It would be pretty cool. Young mouse, you are welcome. We camels are made for treks and journeys. We don't mind an extra mouse aboard. We leave at sunrise tomorrow. Hutothan knows where we'll be. Don't be late. And with that, he stumbled forward, his knees picking their way across the deserted land, the rest of the camels following behind him. Ninjin turned to Hutothan. Did you just sign me up for a camel trek through the Gobi Desert? Hotothan tossed her head back and laughed, shaking her tail towards the stars. You're welcome. Now let's go get you some water. You're going to need it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mongolian Adventures podcast. You can find more information about the podcast as well as lesson plans for educators at www.mongolianadventurespodcast.com. 
You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Mongolian Adventures Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Mongolian ADV Pod. We'd love for you to draw a picture or create artwork based off of today's story. Send us your pictures at mongolian.adventures.podcast at gmail.com and maybe you'll see it featured on our social media. Until next time. May your adventures be big and your dreams even bigger.